You all ready to join me today in our trip to outer space? Yeah. Albert Shivers. The Matrix doesn't happen. That's very true. Come along quietly or not. They don't have to like it, but they're going to see what happens. Goodbye, wimps. And now, without further ado, from Albert Shivers. The general concept is that creativity flourishes in in an atmosphere of freedom. Hello, everybody. Before we get to my conversation with Esther, just want to let you guys know that the first 16 minutes of this conversation, the sound is a little weird, but it does fix itself. Thanks. Talk to you on the other side. All right, folks, welcome to the Planet Shivers podcast. I am and always will be Albert Shivers. And today I'm excited to have on a fellow visual artist, but she has a lot of things to her credit. I want to welcome to the show Esther Star Angel Pagan. Thanks so much for doing the show. Thank you, thank you for having me, Albert. So you have you have a lot of things to your credit, um, but let's start with your visual art. You're a mixed media artist, so if you can tell me a little bit of how you arrived to become an artist with your visual art. Sure. Um, well, I've been dabbling in art since I was a child. Um, my mother was a floral designer. Um, at Bleecker Street in the village. She okay. used to design the uh, pieces for the showroom. So she worked a lot with ribbon. My grandmother worked as a floor manager in a button factory. And that was my maternal grandmother. And my paternal grandmother was a knitter. Okay. Um, when I was five, my mother gave me fabric, ribbons, and buttons and said, here, hmm. make dresses for your Barbie dolls. And I've been sewing by hand, which is couture, since Mm -hmm. I was five. Um, Mm -hmm. I was a very introverted child, kind of like a loner. I Mm -hmm. I was very imaginative, and and my hands are my livelihood. So I started creating since I was young. Um, And I love color color moves me. Mm-hmm. Um, as I grew older, as a teenager, I was very into fashion. I used to go to the village and go to the antique shops and buy vintage clothing and dabbled sewing. Mm-hmm. Um, when I went to college, I went to FIT and Parsons and I studied fashion design and millinery. Um, and then I became a massage therapist. Uh, uh, a healer, you know, Mm. working with my hands. So I found that I could use any type of medium to create, whether it was fabric, leather, buttons, ribbons, metal, um, plastics, wood, Mm. and um, it made me happy. And that's how I became a mixed media artist. Give me anything and I'll make a piece of art out of it, you know? What was, so, do you usually incorporate a lot of sewing and things like that into your visual artwork? It depends on the piece. If it requires sewing, yes. Um, I always 
had a little bit of, you know, I, I'm really into buttons. Like, I'm a button collector. Okay. Um, so I use buttons a lot and ribbons and, and just symbols. I use a lot of symbolism as well. So I usually dream about what I'm going to create. Okay. And then I, I will go to a store, like a fabric store or Michael's or Blick, and mm -hmm. then look at what I have at hand to play with and then pick and choose what I want to, you know, use as my mediums and then create. Hmm. You said you use a lot of symbolism. What's some examples of the symbolism you use? Um, well, because I'm a breast cancer survivor, mm -hmm. I um, opted to have a double mastectomy back in 2012 in October. Actually, this coming 18th will be nine years of me being breast cancer free. Okay, congratulations. Thank you. So I use a lot of breasts in my um, visual arts. Mm -hmm and mixed media with stitches um, on the breasts. I'm also a poet, okay. so a lot of times if I have a, an art piece, I will have a poem to it, or if I have a poem, I will have an art piece to it. Okay. So um, I was part of a couple of poetry groups, and I performed at the National Black Theater of Harlem and the piece was called Stitches, Stitches, Where Are My Stitches? How okay. Does My Garden Grow? Um, that inspired me to continue to use breasts with stitches in my art. Okay, gotcha. What's your process of pairing a piece of poetry with a piece of art? It depends on the feeling of the poem or the piece of art. Mm -hmm. For instance, um, I was invited to an exhibit where it was about hair. Okay. So I made a, a piece, a cultural piece of a, a female with hair. Um, I got synthetic hair and I made it into a braid. I got a nose ring. I, I put um, uh, neck rings and cowrie shells. Mm -hmm. I made braids coming out of her head and glued the shells onto the braids, put the nose ring, mm. the um, neck rings, and then I made a, wrote a poem called Pelo. Pelo is hair in Spanish. Mm. And the poem was about how there's all different types of hair, whether it's curly, straight, wavy, kinky, synthetic. Mm -hmm. um, or no hair. I even went into, you know, baldness for cancer. Right. And then I went into Rapunzel and, you know, Sam Samson and Delilah for mm -hmm. power. Um, and at the end of the poem, I said that hair is universal. We're all one. So that is how I pair the art with the poetry. It depends on what I'm creating and what my feeling is about, you know, that genre, if okay. you might say, yeah, yeah. Um, and I always try to take a negative and make it a positive, and I always try to make everything flow. Gotcha. Hmm. So if we could just jump back for a second, your performance in, in Harlem, we can go into a little bit more detail on that, because that sounds very interesting. So you did, was it your visual art and a poetry performance? 
you did? It was a poetry performance and not visual. Okay. But um, my garment was visual. Okay. I was barefoot and I wanted to wear something pink. I got a pink flower and I put it around my ankle. Um, I had a black off the shoulder velvet dress on. And then after I finished the, um, actually I sewed stitches onto my breast with okay. pink yarn. Okay. And at the end of the performance, um, I took the threads and pulled them out and then th threw them away because that was part of the estanza. Mm -hmm. And then when I turned around, I had a pink ribbon sewn onto the lower back of my um, dress. Okay. So you could say that that was part of the um, art. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And did you, was it one poem you performed or was it several? It was one poem. Okay. Would you like to hear it? Sure, yeah, yeah. And this poem, it was inspired by everything that I went through when I was diagnosed, when I um, went through the sadness of losing part of my womanhood. Mm. Um, I had 11 surgeries in the span of like three or four years. I mm. had surgery every six months. And I'm on massage service. I couldn't work. Right. I couldn't push, pull, or lift five pounds. So I was kind of depressed. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that's when I really dove into poetry and my art. And color kept me from really going into a deep depression because color moved me. And I saw that when I used color, it made me happy. Um, I started writing and journaling, and the name of the journaling um, is called My Colors of Cancer. Okay. And every day I will wake up and feel, okay, am I feeling happy today? Mm -hmm. Am I feeling pretty in pink? You know, red with anger, gray because I'm a little shallow, mm -hmm. and that's how I would write. I was writing very raw. And because I'm very um, schooled in the body and the um, anatomy and physiology, I use a lot of terminology, and I started to advocate and write poetry about all the procedures that I was having mm -hmm. and about cancer, per se. Okay. Um, so here's the poem. This is called Stitches, Stitches. Where are my stitches? Stitches, where are you? Will my garden grow? I shimmy mambo mojito dances with Fred Astaire. Laying with ostrich feathers, I sink into the heels and toes of my soul. Picking red daisies, does he love my body? My brain craving to be desired. Taking clothes off, I see my solitude. Sirens freed me from jumping in the puddle before I drowned. Pulling myself from the rear mirror of my mind, I saved myself with a tree branch used like a match. I couldn't pull the curtain open. My windows were blackened. Teardrops falling in the horizon lifting me. 
yearning to smell grandma's hugs and kisses. Tomorrow comes opening doors. My doll toy eye sockets and breasts crisscrossed, then broken. I love her anyway. My scent, tapioca rice pudding, custard melting in my mouth, sinful dark cocoa crackling in my womb. My strength, like a machete, fighting, piercing, swinging, I come out of my cocoon. Butterfly wings not clipped, don't cry anymore. The cocoon shell dried, feeling soft fascia where skin slithered. Brick layers in sienna, fuchsia, and cobalt blue. No rainbows, but dust memories. Hearing music, I lift myself with muscles, not intact, rejuvenated by nature's Gatorade. I save my placenta for a day like today. My railroad track garden will spout, then grow. My stitches will fly away. Mm, very good. And that, that's what you read at the... Wow. So now, hearing that, mixed with how you told me that you performed it, I'm sure that was that was really powerful for the audience who was it watching. It was very powerful. And it was powerful for me to let those feelings go mm -hmm. because I was holding on to that for like three years. Okay. okay. And what saved me was my art and my poetry. Mm. Did one, between your art and your poetry, did one... Um, did you gravitate to one before the other? Or was it always something that was hand in hand for you? It was always hand in hand. It was okay. always a combination. It was always something that flowed um, spiritually and from my soul, from my heart. It was something that I knew that I had to paint on canvas or write on paper. Um, it was just a message that I had to share with the world. Yeah. I feel like in times like that, so I have like a third party perspective in a way about some of what you went through. My mother went through cancer and she ended up finding photography as an outlet. Now it was something that she never really was interested in before. She was artistic but never did much with it. She gets a camera one year for her birthday or something and then next thing you know, She's running around doing awesome photography and it became an outlet for her. So I can, although I don't ex totally first person realize, I seen that in her and um, it helps me a little better to understand how um, your poetry and art were working for you. Did you do any of this, more so on your visual art side? Um, so you mentioned your stitching and things. How does the color work into your art? Um, the color palette is scenes, the way I create, is always the same palette mm -hmm. and it's colors that pop. Okay. Um, colors that really don't belong together, but I don't care. I believe that rules are made to be broken, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and going back to your mother's situation, 
you when you go through adversity in your life mm-hmm. and you don't want to throw the towel in because you're a fighter, you're a survivor, she found photography invented. Right. That was a healing tool. That's a healing tool. Mm-hmm. When you're going through adversity, you, you want to fight with whatever that adversity is and you want to heal yourself from pain, from trauma, um, from doubt. Like all these things you know, come to you psychologically and you look for things to to help. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, help me, help me, please. And um, I guess the art and poetry were my tools for my healing. Um, and it was something that made me happy. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you, you always had it in your life. If, if I'm understanding you right, um, did you get was it? Did you get deeper into art, or was it something that you you always were doing, but it, it hit a little bit harder? Well, um, I was always doing it because I am also a domestic abuse survivor okay. and. Um, a childhood survivor of physical abuse. So I was always looking for an outlet to heal my spirit. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was always connected with art and poetry. Um, it kind of became part of who I am. Okay. Um, and as I learned how to understand that it was not about me it was about them and it was not my fault and I learned how to forgive mm-hmm. and you never forget right you never forget because something that's ingrained in your DNA in your physical being in your spirit in your soul you're you're kind of broken mm-hmm. um, but you can put those pieces back together again with certain mediums as I said art and right. poetry um, and it just made me the person I am. It gave me a lot of strength. Um, very creative, mm-hmm. truly an artist. Um, and I share that with other people. You know, I I know what I went through as a child. You know, as a young adult, um, with the domestic violence, and I wouldn't wish that. On anyone so right. I share my experiences creatively to give strength to others and so that goes to you you work with other domestic violence victims with your art yes I um, am part of a, a nonprofit organization um, it's called Milagros Day Worldwide okay. and there's another uh, part of the organization called Healing Voices. And what we did was we took a 12-week intensive accelerated course on how to use positive tools for healing Mm -hmm. trauma. And it's not just domestic violence. It could be trauma from cancer. It could be uh, trauma from an accident, from anxiety, from mental Mm -hmm. illness. Um, And I found that sharing my poetry in color was very helpful for these young ladies in healing their trauma. Um, I 
like to research and know the history of art whenever you you learn something you always have to research the history of and I follow certain masters like okay. you know I love Picasso and Frida and Matisse and there's um, a group in London they're called the London drawing group and I found them on Facebook and they have different classes that they teach and what they do is they pick a master and teach their technique okay so I take these classes and I teach the techniques that I learn nice what is it about those three artists you mentioned or other ones that you might want to mention that inspires you the fact that they're abstract artists and my life has always been mm. so abstract that it, you know, it resonates with me and I gravitate towards it. Um, I feel like I am a Picasso from mi raza, which means okay. I'm a female Picasso of my race. Because uh, a lot of the, the way that I create resonates with his abstract um, technique and color and you know his reasoning for however he was feeling gotcha and with Frida and Matisse what what do you draw from them um, Matisse I love his arrangement of color and shape and Frida um, she had a accident in a trolley where this uh, steel um, rod went into her pelvis and she broke her back. She had 32 um, surgeries to heal her back and she started painting because she had to be on her back to heal right. and she would paint on her cast. So her, her parents bought her a mirror and put it on the ceiling so she could see herself and she would paint herself so mm. she painted portraits of herself but the thing that makes me resonate with her was the pain that she went through because mm -hmm. of her adversity right. so um, that's why I gravitate towards her um, and her strength right yeah so you said something before that it was intriguing to me also um, you said the words true artist and as also a visual artist, that's something that I'm always thinking about, is what is it to be an artist? And I think it's, it's not one definition. There's probably many definitions. Um, so in your mind, as a visual artist, what do you consider to be a true artist? Or what's, what's your version of that? I'll share my quote. Okay. And it took me a long time to figure this out. Because, you know, you go through your life and you go through experiences and you're like, you know, why me, why me? And then you wallow a little bit and then you're like, okay, I'm not gonna wallow anymore. I can't mm -hmm. do this, you know? And and you talk to, you know, the universe, God, whoever you wanna call this power, you know, of, of you know, positivity. Mm -hmm. And um, everyone has a purpose. You know, why are you here? And everyone has a story. Right. What are you going to do with that story? How are you going to, you know, relay that story to your audience? Is it going to be good? Is it going to be sad? Is it going to be happy? Is it going to have meaning? What's your message? So it took me a long time to figure out that, you know, 
I was raised Catholic, but I'm Buddhist. Okay. <laughs> but I have a very close relationship with God because he saved me from breast cancer, from mm. skin cancer, and from domestic violence. Um, as a child, my father adored me. My mother was so jealous of that adoration. <laughs> she would egg him to beat me. Jeez. And after the beatings, he would get on his knees to beg me for forgiveness, weeping, howling. And those were the mixed messages that I was reared with. Yeah. And um, I used to speak to the moon. The moon was my imaginary friend. And I wrote a poem about the moon. And I wrote the poem because I want to share it with the public school system so that children could recognize what abuse is, mm-hmm. you know, what neglect is. And as I shared it with a friend of mine, he said to me, you know, you were not talking to the moon, you were talking to God because even in the darkness you found light. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh wow, that's so true. When I was, um, a massage therapist I had a client who was a survivor and as I was assessing her we were talking about the heart because Mm -hmm. she had a heart condition and I was going through the same um, adversity with my heart there was something wrong I didn't know what it was and I was diagnosed with a big heart with an enlarged heart and I like to laugh laughter Mm -hmm. is the best medicine for Mm -hmm. me so when she said, okay, well, what medication, or oh, what's your condition? I said, well, I have a big heart. Mm-hmm. And she's like, really, what medication are you on? And I said, I'm not on any medication. She's like, why, you're crazy? I said, because I have no insurance. She says, why, you're crazy? In that conversation, she gave me um, advice on how to get low-income insurance. Mm-hmm. And when I went to the doctor and went for a routine mammogram was when I found out I had breast cancer. Oh, okay. So had I not had that conversation with this woman, mm. I feel that had God not put her in my path, I would be walking around with breast cancer. Right. Um, so mm. my quote is, and art is my passion. It, it, it you know, seeps out of my pores. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I could paint and not want to eat or drink water. I could mm-hmm. paint and I won't stop until, you know, my piece is finished. So I'm like, okay, take your passion, marry it to your genius, and that's your purpose. So for me, that's what a true artist is. Taking all his passions, mm-hmm. marrying it to his genius, and that's your purpose. Yeah, I like that. That's very cool. And that, you know, that explains art as it comes from a much more deep place from each individual artist. Exactly. Like yeah. I said, everyone has a story to tell. What are you going to do with it? Um, I choose to share my stories um, so that I could vent so that I could continue to heal myself because you never stop healing. Mm -hmm. So if you help someone to heal, you're also healing yourself. If you help someone to be successful, you're also being successful. Like right now, you're helping me with this interview. 
This is your success, but you're giving me a piece of your success for me. Right. After your your diagnosis, um, did your art change? My art did change. It it got more powerful with okay. with um, with the color, um, just with the overall piece. Um, I got into using so many more different mediums, um, and I just feel that the universe is my canvas and it's infinite mm -hmm. you know it's just infinite yeah so what sort of did you those new changes to your art um were they something that helped to get you through that time or do you still implement them um both it okay. helped me get through that time and I still implement them because I still feel that way. I still feel that um, I'm a survivor, I'm a right. fighter. Um, we don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring. Yeah. And I always have a message. I have a message to share because that's who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I don't know how to be otherwise. Gotcha. So by this point, I've definitely learned your art is very and almost intensely personal. Yes. Now, I've had this happen to me on occasion, but I'm curious. Um, do you ever, when you go back to look at pieces of art that may be a couple years old, do you ever notice anything in there that you, maybe you didn't notice even when you were doing it? Or does older art of yours hit you differently now? What I notice... <clears throat> about my art when I look at it mm -hmm. really honestly I'm like oh my god I made that <laughs> I did that that's mine I can't believe that I created that mm -hmm. um, and then it takes me back and I gift of myself and I have gifted of myself all my life to mm -hmm. friends and family um, and I noticed that when I see these people again, they always, you know, bring bring that up. <gasps> Do you remember the hat that you gave me? Do mm -hmm. you remember that piece that I bought from you? Do you remember that bowl that you made for me? So that makes me feel really happy as an artist that people, you know, remember your work. So you also recently had a show here in Strasbourg at the Create and Be Art Gallery. Um, at that show, you it was your poetry and your artwork. So you, you perform poetry? No, I didn't. I performed poetry at the, the event where that. I met you. Yes. Right. Okay. So, what what is it? What what do you get from the performance of it? Most artists have their gallery show, and like speaking for myself at least, there's your art on the wall, and then you schmooze and, and talk about your art. But then also adding in an element of performance to it. So what do you get out of that, or, and what do you what are you going for? Well, I want the viewer to leave with a piece of me, with a piece of my 
persona mm -hmm. with a piece of you know how I create why I create and where it comes from so the performance is really important for me that's why I started to combine the two okay. in terms of art and poetry um, for instance, if I was to show this, I would definitely like to perform stitches. Right. Because then people would know, wow, she's a breast cancer survivor. This is how she felt. She felt like she was a garden. She fought cancer. Mm -hmm. She's rejuvenated. Look how beautiful those colors are. I want to share that with other cancer you know, victims, mm -hmm. family with the loved ones, so that they could have a choice. Okay. You don't have to wallow. You don't have to just let the disease kill you. Yeah. And by the way, I call cancer that monster that doesn't even have a face. Because mm. he mm. doesn't have a face. So I share these things with people so that they could have hope and courage and strength. So that's what I get from it when I um, exhibit my work and perform or talk about the piece um, with prose or mm. just, you know, advocate. Yeah. Um, I advocate about mental illness. I advocate about child abuse, domestic abuse, mm -hmm. um, cancer. I advocate about hidden disabilities. Um, due to all the physical abuse that I endured in my life, mm -hmm. I have a hidden disability. Um, and it's frustrating. It's embarrassing. It causes anguish, anger, anxiety. And um, I advocate because you don't have to be blind or have the loss of a limb to have a disability. Right. You could have a disability because you had an accident in your brain and your brain doesn't function just like everyone else's or mm -hmm. like the norm. So that kind of makes you feel different. And um, I take it as, okay, I'm different, but I'm unique. And when you lose one sense, your other senses become stronger. So that's another reason why I, I attribute myself to being an artist, because I don't have um, the cognitive ability to learn. I have a cognitive learning disability, which means when I first learn something, it's like taking a five-year-old by their hand and really mm -hmm. dissecting what the person is ingesting. Mm -hmm. But after I learn, I become the professional, the expert, and I could teach you. Right. And I also have um, dyscalculia. Okay. It's dyslexia is when you transfer letters. Mm -hmm. Dyscalculia is when you transfer numbers. Life is a number. Yeah. So if I was to bump into math on the street, I would give him a beatdown. <laughs> um, but because of that and I really wanted to study medicine I wanted to be a doctor okay. but I could never be a doctor because I could never get my formulas straight so I became a massage therapist it's okay I'm on the sidelines right. but I didn't give up no okay true. so I advocate and share that with people so that if they're in the same you know going through the same experience they know that they could vent and they have a choice to do other things and, right. you know, feel strongly about what they do. Understood. Does your massage therapy overlap into your art at all? Yes, it does. Okay. <laughs> um, 
when I went to school, I, I, I lived in New York. I just um, came to live in Pennsylvania three years ago. Okay. Um, I went to the Swedish Institute, which is considered like the Harvard of massage schools. Um, they teach medical um, courses, courses that doctors take. Okay. That's what we had to learn. And because of my disability, it was really difficult for me. Um, Hands-on, I was acing everything. But um, when it came to taking exams, I was not doing well. Mm-hmm. And that's when I found out about my disability. <clears throat> So after I graduated, it took me a year longer to graduate, but I didn't give up. And it took me um, two tries for the state board exam, but at the second try, I, you know, was successful. I challenged myself every year, and I learned a different technique. I wanted to challenge myself because when you can't do something, Mm-hmm. You want to do it even right. more. You know, you strive for that. Mm-hmm. It's something that you don't have, so you really want it more. So I challenged myself to learn a different modality every year. And every year I, you know, invested in my education and learned different techniques. Um, and when I was in college, I took a fencing class. And the fencing made me a better massage therapist. Mm-hmm. And... I dance around the table okay. and I use different technique to um, help the client with their pain. So if you go for a massage and you say, I want deep tissue and you have an hour massage, you cannot have deep, deep tissue on all your body. Right. You may have deep tissue around the shoulders, the lower back, but you need different technique for your face, for your feet, for your legs, for your arms. Mm -hmm. So I let my hands do the walking and feel what that person needs. And then I, you know, um, incorporate the technique for that person. So I call it combination massage. And I recently um, became yoga certified. So I do yoga massage which means when a person is in a position, I will adjust them with the massage. Okay. How, um, how did you like the move? Was it, a, was it um, like to come from New York to Strasbourg? Well, I lived in New York for most of my life. Uh-huh. I was born in Ohio, but I was raised in the Bronx. Okay. And my parents um, owned a home in the North Bronx. And my parents became elderly. My siblings were living in Florida, and I was the only one here to care for my parents. So I lived with them until my father passed, and then my mother decided to relocate to Florida to live, you know, with my sister. Mm -hmm. So when that happened, I had no place to go, and my boyfriend lives in uh, Salt Creek, in Bushkill. And that's why I'm here. Okay. You know, he opened his doors to me, which I'm very grateful for. Um, and the transition was wonderful nice. because New York is changing. It's not the way it used to be. It's saturated with people and cars and crime. And as an artist, you don't want to be around that static. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be around that noise. So 
I love it here. Like it just has freed me of turmoil from New York, mm -hmm. you know, like the noise. You can't really work. You can't really, you know, perform the way you want to. Right. I wake up in the morning and I start my art, whatever I'm creating, and I multitask. Mm -hmm. I could be creating two or three things at one time. Right. Then I have breakfast, I'll clean the house a bit, um, I'll go back to my work, I'll do poetry, you know, and then I get ready for dinner, and then my boyfriend comes home, and you know, we we chill and relax, and then the next day I wake up and do art again. Mm -hmm. And I look for places to exhibit, um, and to teach, and just to do what I love to do best. Mm -hmm. What, what pieces are you working on now? Um, so I'm going to have an exhibit in the um, Gay Center in Allentown. Okay. And it's going to be focused on breast cancer. And um, I had an exhibit in Hostos Community College in the Bronx two years after my diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And it was a one-woman show. And it was uh, called My Colors of Cancer. And what I did was I took the calendar year and I made an eccentric hat for each month. Mm -hmm. And I um, photographed it with nude models. Okay. So the exhibit was the photograph with the hat next to it. Okay. And um, so that is what I'm going to exhibit in this gallery. And the gallery okay. has two floors and they're giving me both galleries. So on the top floor is gonna be the hat exhibit and on the bottom floor is gonna be my abstract work. And this is gonna be one of the pieces that's gonna be exhibited. Okay, great. And, and this also. <laughs> cool. What is the date on that? Um, the date is November 18th. Okay. Till the end of January, I believe January 21st. Okay, great. And I'll let you know the details. And I also have, I became a member of the um, Pocono Arts Council okay. because I found that as a member you could exhibit your art. Mm -hmm. So I've had three exhibits with that group and right now um, one of my pieces is in the um, Pocono Art Cultural Center, the theater. Okay. They have a butterfly exhibit, and one of my pieces is there. So I call it um, butter, free butterfly. Okay. No, I'm sorry, peaceful butterfly. Okay. So the butterfly um, in the wings is a peace sign. Nice. So it's a peaceful butterfly. Yeah. Okay. And you should, I don't know if you're a member or not of the Arts Council. No, I'm not. You should become a member because you'll be able to exhibit your pieces. Yeah. And they have a gallery in the um, Pocono Art Center where um, I think the exhibit changes every three, three months. And, you know, they sell your work. Mm -hmm. So you need to, you know, expose yourself. And where, if people want to look up your work, where can they find your work? Um, on Facebook, I'm Star Angel. On um, Instagram, Star Angel Seven. Um, I also have a website called Artisan, the number four, a cause. Okay. Dot com, 
and uh, I list a lot of my work there and sell my work there and I have to apologize because I've been so far behind with um, the upkeep of my website I don't have everything on the website okay. but I have to you know that's something that I have to prioritize because I you know really want people to see what I do and one more thing sure yeah so I lived with a friend of mine for six months because she had foot surgery Mm -hmm. And in the process, I was helping her eliminate, you know, her things because she was moving to um, the Carolinas. And she was uh, throwing away two lamps, two beautiful lamps. I'm like, no, don't throw them mm -hmm. away. I'll take them. I'll paint something on the lampshades. So I started painting lampshades. And that's a big hit now, the lampshades. Okay. So I got someone to purchase my first lampshade and it was for her daughter because she was going through domestic violence with her boyfriend. So I made a beautiful piece for her and it's a stand-up um, lamp. Okay. And I'm like, oh my God, this is to shed light and awareness to stop domestic violence. So whenever I do a lamp, depending on what the um, client wants, if they follow a certain genre, it's to shed light and awareness on that subject. Cool. Well, we're, we're just about ready to wrap up. Um, I really want to thank you for doing this. It was a lot of fun to talk to you and get to know you as an artist and as a person a little bit better. Thank you so much for having me. And um, likewise, that's how I feel too, you know. Um, it's nice to know that there's people in your circle that you could, like, you know, just hang out with and do art with and just it's great you're great well I, hopefully we'll have a part two soon great I would love that thank cool. you thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the Planet Shivers podcast it was so great having Esther on hearing her story getting to know her and I hope we have other conversations in the future don't forget you could find this podcast episode and all the other ones on all major podcast platforms and YouTube with video. There's going to be another podcast coming right up for you. And in the meantime, take care of yourself and take care of somebody else.